Hey friend, I'm Beth Ann Schwamberger, host of the Brilliant Business Moms podcast. This show is all about brilliant women, just like you, who are growing their businesses in the margins. You're juggling nap time and work time, wiping up messes with writing blogs, and I don't believe you need big, impressive numbers or shiny accolades behind your name to be brilliant. This show is about realistic, doable strategies that will work for you and your business right where you are. Big and little wins are celebrated here, and every single one of my listeners is a big deal in my book. Grab your coffee, and maybe the laundry, and be encouraged by business mamas who'll make working in the margins just a little more fun. Hey friend, I'm so glad I get to hang out with you today. So in today's episode, I'm chatting with Laura Smith of iHeartPlanners.com. You're going to love the way Laura turned her product launch for her Sweet Life Planner into a true party. I mean, we're talking a seven-day, full-week planner palooza. What I love about this launch strategy is that Laura just gave and gave to her audience. She didn't have to be salesy at all, and it was so much fun. You'll hear all about the incredible value that Laura offered to her audience, but how that also turned into so many sales that she sold out of her Sweet Life Planner early. You're going to love hearing from Laura. And if you'd like to pull off a brilliant product launch like this in your business, you need to get your hands on my free marketing plan. You can grab it at brilliantbusinessmoms.com forward slash marketing plan. I'll show you the five steps you have to take to ensure your product launch goes off without a hitch. Okay, let's dive into my chat with Laura. So today on the show, I have Laura Smith with me of iheartplanners.com and Laura is going to chat with us about a really fun marketing strategy she used to sell her Sweet Life Planner this past planner season. It was basically, she turned it into this great big party, really is what it felt like, a great big event called Planner Palooza. And I just loved kind of watching as, you know, a fellow business friend and seeing what Laura was up to and kind of cheering her on. And I just, uh, Laura always has super fun creative marketing ideas. So wanted to bring her on the show to chat with all of us today. Welcome to the show, Laura. Thanks. Thank you so much for having me. I love being here. And of course, I always love talking about marketing. Yes, we could definitely geek out over marketing for quite a while. <laughs> yes, for sure. Okay, so talk to me about Planner Palooza. Maybe first off, just give kind of the bare bones, here's what it was, and then we'll go from there. Okay, so the bare bones of what it was is we called this event Planner Palooza. We just wanted to call it something that sounded like fun and exciting. And it was to help us market our physical planner. And it was the second year that we offered this physical product. And so it ran December 26th, I think through January 3rd, which is like a critical time for people who want to get their life together, get organized, buy planners. And it was a series of Facebook Lives, I think about six or seven in total. And... They just covered different topics related to planning and organizing and kind of incorporated how to use the planner. And it was super easy. Like people could just click and watch the video on Facebook. So that's like the basics of what it was. Gotcha. So talk to me about how you got your audience ready for Planner Palooza. Like how did you 
prepare them in the weeks leading up to this event? To get them ready, we started talking about it probably two or three weeks ahead of time. It was a little tricky. This is always tricky for us because since we are all about organizing, nothing happens toward the latter half of December. Everyone's getting ready for Christmas. So nobody's going to read an email if you send it out on December 24th. It kind of, we had to be a little bit abrupt when we finally came out with it because nobody's going to read our email until December 26th. So that's one of the reasons why we made it several days long and it didn't end until January 3rd. We started talking about it a little bit. We let them opt in. What we did was we would let them opt in via email or Facebook Messenger. We sent an email and said, hey, join us for Planner Palooza. Here's what all is happening. And we actually let them opt in either to be reminded about every single live if they chose that, or we would allow them to just pick the different ones that they wanted to be reminded about because we didn't want to annoy everyone with getting an email for like eight days in a row. And we were going to talk about, say, one of the days we talked about budgeting. And if they had no interest in that, we didn't want to annoy them with that. So we really let them customize how we notified them. So it was up to them. They had to raise their hand and say, I want to get an email about these, or I want to get a Facebook message about these. So that's kind of how we let them know about it. Okay, perfect. So I think you had a landing page, right? A designated landing page that just talked all about Planner Palooza. Is that right? Yes, we did. It was actually just a post on our blog. We debated doing like a traditional page versus a post, but it was a post. And that page just did a little description about it. And then there were a list of the different topics. And to get the topics, we actually sent out messages to, that's another way we got our audience involved. A couple weeks beforehand, we sent an email and a Facebook message to everyone on our list and said, hey, we're going to be doing this. What would you like us to cover? So we kind of crowdsourced the topics. And a couple of them surprised me. Like I didn't know everyone wanted budgeting advice from me, but because I asked and that was super common, I was able to cover that. Then on our page, you could either click a button to be notified of everything and beside each of the events, you could either click to be notified via email or via Facebook Messenger. And then whenever the first one happened, we changed the button from like notify me to watch the replay. So they can even today, you could go to this page and watch all the replays. Oh, I love that. That's so smart. So you can continue to use that content to build relationships and sell your planner too. Yes. And people for sure, especially on the 26th, they're just getting back in the swing. They might miss something. So it was right there and really easy for them to watch everything. That's perfect. And I love what you said too about giving them that option to either be notified for all or just notified for the few that they want. I mean, you're really thinking about the customer and giving them the best possible experience. Yeah. And I I love doing that because I don't want to annoy people with more information than they need, but I want them to get what they need. So I like them being able to choose what they wanted to hear about. So I am sure there are some people listening who are thinking to themselves, how did the tech work, right? What happened when someone clicked to say, I want to just be notified about this one thing, you know, because that can be a little challenging for someone who's just getting started with maybe segmenting their list. Yeah. So the tech, I will say it wasn't necessarily complicated, but you had to be really organized because there were so many of these. So while it wasn't complicated in and of itself, it did take a lot of time to set it up because I think we had seven of these events, you know, seven different lives happening. So you had to do everything you did seven times. (laughs) So it did require some work there. So the basic way that the technology worked is that, and we, we did this both via our email and on the page on the blog, 
in addition to on each of the lives that I actually did, I was inviting them to sign up for more. But on the lives, instead of copying and pasting the entire schedule, I sent them back to that blog post. So that made things a little bit easier to do. But as far as the tech work, so to build the actual page, we use Thrive Architect. So that is a plugin for WordPress. And it makes sales pages, landing pages, and you can use it for a blog post. I don't think a lot of people know that. So that makes it really easy. If you're not familiar with it, it's like a very user-friendly kind of drag and drop type thing. And we use it for most of our sales pages and things. So that's how we actually built it with all the different buttons. And then we linked them to either a form. So we had to make a form for each of the seven sessions on. And if they signed up on that form, they would get tagged in our email system. So we had seven tags. And then we set up an email and it was a broadcast. If you're in ConvertKit, it's called a broadcast. And other email service providers, they call them different things. But that's it's not a sequence email. It doesn't go out automatically when they sign up. Instead, it goes out at a fixed time. And so we had scheduled each of those to go out I think the night before to say, hey, you signed up to be right of this. We just wanted to remind you that Laura is going live tomorrow at 2 p.m. to talk about this. And then it sent them another email right as I went live. So we kind of configured all of those emails. And the same when we send an email, we have link triggers where they can click the link and it'll automatically add them to that tag to receive the email. And then for Facebook Messenger, we use Minichat, which I think a lot of you, if you use Messenger, you're probably familiar with how Minichat works and you get a special link from them that you can put anywhere for someone to sign up. But we did have to make seven different ones for all the seven different sessions, plus one for the people who wanted everything. Because we definitely have those like fans who are like super fans and they always want everything. (laughs) Which is so great. (laughs) It's good to have those people. Yes, we love those people. And we really, I really loved that I got to know some of those people better by doing the lives every day and seeing some of the same people pop up. It It was just so much fun because it was so interactive. I love that. Okay. So talk to me more about the different topics that you covered and then how it related back to your Sweet Life Planner. Okay. So like I mentioned before, the different topics that I covered, I did not want this to be seven days of me saying, this is the most awesome planner in the world. Please buy it (laughs) because that would get pretty old. And another reason we did it this way is So this was our core kind of product for the time period of about October through January. And so we had already really talked a lot about the planner and I didn't want to send another email to our people who had already heard about it so much. So this was a way of marketing it without just saying, here, this planner is amazing. Please buy it. I intentionally wanted it to be topics that interested people. So I asked them what they most wanted to hear and Then I came up with those topics. Plus, from just knowing my audience, I know some of the common sticking points for them and things that they want to hear about. And then I even used some of their own language when I came up with the titles for the different topics. Like a lot of people said they wanted to beat procrastination. So that was one of them, beating procrastination. And so that's kind of how I came up with the different topics. And then I would just weave into whatever I was talking about how I use my own planner to help me do some of these things, how I'm using my planner to help me budget and how I am writing these things down in my planner to help me beat procrastination. So I was really giving them a lot of useful information and then just kind of showing them how I use the planner to help me do that. 
That is so smart. I just love that because you're giving so much value. You're helping everyone who's showing up, whether they buy your planner or not, they're walking away with a lot of valuable help. But then it's such a natural transition to say, hey, I mean, because you and I are similar in that we're planner junkies and we're using our planners for so many aspects of our lives. And so it is such a natural fit to say, by the way, this is how I'm using my planner to make this happen. Yes. And I should add also that, so our goal wasn't just to sell more planners. It's very, very hard to predict sales if you're in sales. And with something like a physical product, we have a limited number. So we actually kind of sold out in the middle of this, of most of everything. So we only had one left by the very end. And so we didn't know that was going to happen when we were planning this. It's just like toward the end of December, things picked up more than we had predicted. And so Toward the end, there wasn't even a lot you could buy. But one of the things that we wanted to do was not only perhaps reach new people that might be interested in buying the planner, but one of my huge goals was to get the people who already had the planner. And if you have followed me and you bought the planner, you're very likely to be interested in attending this to use their planner and be really happy with their purchase. Because the last thing I want and last thing anybody wants when they create something is for it to sit on the shelf and collect dust. So I really wanted to make the people who had already bought the planner happy with their purchase. And I wanted them to see how they could really use it. Ah, I love that. It's so smart. And it's like you took a system that is helping your current customers, but then it was like a one-two punch because then it introduces the system to potential new customers too. Yes. So I loved how it kind of had those both of those purposes and it was really helpful for anyone. Right. Even though you had multiple goals with this and it wasn't just selling your planner, clearly sales did really well <laughs> during Planner Palooza. Did you have specific calls to action at the end of any of your videos? It sounds like you were just very focused on giving throughout Planner Palooza, but I'm just curious about the sales side of things. Okay, so as far as the sales side of things go, this was intentionally a pretty soft sell. And I am not opposed to doing less soft sales. Like if I'm like have a limited time promotion, I will send an email and be like, this is ending tomorrow, please buy it. So I don't think that's a bad idea. But this for me was a pretty soft sell. So in all of the lives that I did underneath the video, it would say, go here to get your planner, go here to watch the replays or sign up for the rest of Planner Palooza. So there would be some links below there to like our products in our planner so people could get to it that way. My other goal as far as affecting sales, so this planner sold really well through Facebook ads. So if I ran an ad even to a cold audience to our planner sales page, people would buy it. So they converted really well. But even better, as most of you know, if you've done anything in the ad world is if you can run ads to a warm audience. So my goal with these particular lives was not necessarily to sell a lot of planners on the lives. And I really didn't because if you look at the stats, the lives themselves there wasn't huge numbers of planners flying off the shelves while I was live or something like that. And when I boosted them, you didn't see like huge sales coming in. But because I was able to boost them on Facebook and get a lot of engagement on them, because they're just the type of video that tend to get a lot of engagement, and you can get that engagement super, super cheap, it was growing my warm audience that I then presented with an ad directly to the planner and those people bought. So really, as far as an impacted sales, the biggest goal 
was to grow the warm audience for the least amount of money. Oh, that's so smart. Okay. So do you have any specific numbers on like, let's say how many thousands of video viewers you then had in a warm audience that you could retarget? Oh, that that is a great question. So I think that in general, almost each of the videos we did boost and we would get, I think a lot of them had like 20,000 views. I'm not sure the exact number of how big it grew the warm audience, but I do know that it helped that warm audience grow a lot bigger than it would have without those. Right. Okay. And so for the boosts, are you boosting to Facebook page fans or your website visitors or even cold traffic audiences that you think would be interested? So for the boosts, I usually boosted just a little bit to warm audience, to the people who already like me because I knew that they would like it and resonate with it and get it some juice. And then beyond that, I did either some cold audiences, just a general audience of a lot of different pages that I thought my target audience would like. And then a lookalike audience, both a lookalike to the people who had bought my product and a lookalike. And this one was amazing. As you can imagine, a lookalike to the people who had watched at least 50% of the videos on my Facebook page. So obviously that performed well. Yes. That's really smart. Ah, you know what? I feel like I have not done a video viewers look alike in a long time. I need to. <laughs> I like those. Like I heard that on, I don't know who said, like, I think another podcast I heard uh, that idea. And I was like, that is a brilliant idea. I'm going to try that. And of course it works pretty well, both for me for like getting, obviously if you were putting out a video, but also just to market like a directly to a sales page, those video views do pretty good usually. Right. Okay. When you were doing the boosts, were you running those as an engagement campaign? Yes. I think I did most of those as an engagement campaign. I think I experimented with, you can do an actual video view campaign. Mm -hmm. I generally, I feel like I have slightly better results with just an engagement campaign rather than a video view campaign. And some of the video view campaigns are like, they only have to view three seconds of the video. And that's very small amount of the video. (laughs) Um, So they could just be scrolling through and barely even see it. So that's why I kind of liked the engagement campaigns for that. It's so interesting. I get that question all the time from people who are like, okay, I, you know, I want more people to see this post. How should I do it? And I'm always, I'm like, you got to test one, but it is, it's, it's just so interesting to see. I think engagement can make a lot of sense when it's to your warm people. And then if you think that they would be likely to share it with other people as well, I think that's where engagement can be so powerful because if lots of people are going to share that content, then yeah, you're getting way more eyeballs on it without paying that much more. Yeah. I think shares are great. (laughs) (laughs) We love it when people (laughs) share and we do. I do think the engagement campaigns do get a lot more shares, but I did as well. It's, you just have to test. You never know until you try it. So true. One thing though, that's new that I'm not sure if you've tested this yet, but I've tested the through play video view optimization. I tested that recently. It worked well for me. You know how you said usually Facebook counts a video view is like three seconds and you're like, well, great. That's kind of worthless. And then the through play is at least a 10 second view or more. And what was interesting, I optimized a campaign for this a couple months ago for, you know, video ad I was running. And I found that I could get those 10 second video views for super cheap, like a penny 
or two. And whereas before I was paying a penny or two for like the three second views. Yeah. So we do a live, you know, weekly live show since, and really it was because we did Planner Palooza that went so well and had so much engagement that we decided to start a weekly Facebook live. And we usually boost those just to keep our warm audience growing and warm all throughout the year, even though we don't really have a lot that we're selling right now. And I tried some through plays with those. And I did find now that they have through play, I don't know why you would do the regular one anymore, because I was getting those 10 cent views for the same amount as like, or the 10 second views for the same amount that I would probably get a three second view. And the other thing, if you are going to boost your videos, people probably already know this and do this, but definitely caption them. And I do not use Facebook's captions. I actually get them transcribed and upload the caption file. So they have really good captions because a lot of people aren't going to want to turn on their sound. Okay, that's such a good point. And your videos were decently long, right? They actually were. Some of they were anywhere from 30 minutes to one of them was like an hour. And really, we were on as long as people were on and not trailing off. And we answered a lot of questions as well, which was really fun. And people are never like, anytime I boost any video of any length, Facebook will show you how many people watch 25%, 50%, 75% and 90%. Even to get people to 25 or 50% is rare, like a small percentage of those people even view to 25%, which can be a little bit discouraging at first, especially if you don't know that that's normal. (laughs) But it's okay, because That's just what they're doing on Facebook. They don't necessarily, especially if they didn't come specifically for that thing, if they're just scrolling Facebook, they might watch a 10, 15, 20 seconds and move on, but it's okay. They still remember you got something out of it. And then there's a handful of people that want to watch more of it. But I think it's very normal, at least for me, not to have a whole lot of those people watch even 50 or 75% of the video. Okay, I'm really curious, Laura, because you mentioned, you know, you did these boosts, you got more eyeballs on your videos, and then you would retarget all of those video viewers to take them right to your planner landing page. Do you mind sharing what your average cost per purchase was for those that highly warmed up audience? So it varied quite a bit. And also, and I think this is normal with anything, So on January 1st, January 2nd, January 3rd, that cost was way lower than it would have been on January 10th for a couple of reasons. First of all, that audience starts maxing out. So everyone in the audience who is likely to buy, and of course, for those, I'm doing conversion campaigns. So Facebook is doing a good job of saying, I'm showing it to the people most likely to buy, but then a bunch of those buy and it has less of those likely to buy people to show it to. And then a planner has a very specific time situation to it. So people might be looking for planners on January 1st, but by January 10th or January 15th, they are not looking for planners nearly as much. So we had anything in the range of, it was a $54 product. Of course, this is a physical product. So we have a cost as well, like a very hard cost of that product. But it was anywhere from like $10. And then I would turn them off when they got up to close to $40. And we were still losing money at $40, but that's when I would turn them off. Yeah. I mean, $10 on the low end, that's pretty great. And you sold out of all of your inventory earlier than you expected you would. Yeah. That was a very good problem to have. I mean, I felt a little bad when I had to say like, I'm sorry, we don't have the most popular cover or we don't have the weeklies. Like I really did wish that we could get everyone what they wanted and we didn't plan to sell out, but it's a good problem to have because it's just impossible to know how much inventory to buy. Right. And I think 
you know, for next year, I mean, that in and of itself is a really great marketing strategy to have. I mean, I know it wasn't a strategy, but it's, it's nice to be able to say, Hey, we sold out last year at this time. So make sure, you know, if you have a certain cover in mind or a certain thing that you want for your planner that you need to hurry on over. You need to not put off your purchase basically. Yeah. And if you do have like a physical product that you can sell out of, like don't feel bad about that because that can actually help when people know you're serious that there is a limited amount. (laughs) So they really do have to act quickly, especially if they have a specific thing they want because, you know, selling out is a definite possibility. Right. Yeah, exactly. Definitely don't feel bad about it. Everyone out there listening, selling out is a great thing (laughs) and it just keeps your customers and your audience motivated to make sure they're on it when you are, you know, doing your promotion and things like that. So, okay. I know that during Planner Palooza, you also were doing quite a few giveaways on your lives. Okay. Talk to me about those. Okay, so the giveaways, oh my goodness. I mean, we have never given away so much stuff. So the way that we gave things away, first of all, not on every single live, but on most of the lives, we gave away digital products to anyone who wanted them. Like everyone who attended could get this uh, our digital products. So for example, when I was talking about my budgeting tips, I gave away like a budget printable for free and anyone could get that. And that helps engagement, especially I think we had the comment bot set up where they had a comment, send me my freebie and then the bot would send it to them. And so that is amazing for engagement and getting more people to see that video. So we did that and it also just makes it more fun and they can take action on what you're teaching right away because you're giving them like something that goes along with it. So we did that. In addition to that, on all of our lives, probably three to four times throughout each live, we just kind of randomly selected someone to get a prize. Some of these prizes were like a full digital pack, but a lot of them were were sending you a planner. Like we're literally mailing you something in the mail. And I think there's just something like special about getting something in the mail. And I get way more excited if I'm going to win something that's going to be sent to me. And we debated how to do these giveaways. Like we didn't want it to be complicated. And so I would ask throughout the videos, I would stop and I would ask, okay, like we've been talking for a few minutes. It's time to do a giveaway. Can you tell me what's your top budgeting tip? And the first person we see is going to win a planner. And so that did a few things. I mean, A, we got to give a lot of people planners, which made them like thrilled. And we also got more engagement because in order to win, they had to answer the question because that's one of the things that's super important on Facebook. The more engagement you can get, the better. Because we knew most people, far more people would watch the replays than would actually tune in live. We always said at the beginning and throughout that we were going to go back and award one or two prizes to replay viewers by the next day. So we were even encouraging replay people to keep interacting with it that way. And then we even had a trivia day, which was super fun, where we just like came up with some fun, random trivia questions. Some of them were easy that anyone could find, like how many pages does a planner have? So they would go to the sales page and they could find, and it wasn't actually spelled out. So you kind of had to do a little bit of math, (laughs) but like people would answer that down to like, something from four years ago that only a few people would remember. And we gave away prizes on that one. And then at the end, and we talked about this on every single live. So we were like building up to the grand finale. And it so happens that January 3rd is my birthday. So I was basically inviting you to my birthday bash. And we had like big balloons and everything where I was going to give away 
one of every single item in our shop, digital and physical, which was worth over a thousand dollars. This person who won got like this huge package in the mail of one of everything plus a bunch of digital stuff. So that was really fun. Wow. That's so cool. That's such a great idea. So, okay. So you mentioned you had one video that was just like your trivia day. Is that what you said? Yes. I think we had one video. We talked about something kind of short and then it was a bunch of trivia questions. Oh, that's so fun. Such a good idea. And then you mentioned the people that were there live. Were you doing like one giveaway for the live folks each day or was it like multiple throughout each lesson? For most of them, it was two or three that day. So it would be a different product. Like one day it was a planner. One day it was like an accessory for the planner, like some dividers. One day it was stickers. So it was a different thing each day. And it would just be two to three times, you know, throughout, like usually one at the end, one toward the beginning and one in the middle that we would just stop and like ask a question and then give something away. Okay, great. And then you said, you know, also for the replay viewers. And so you would draw a couple of names that way. Did you just take all the comments for the replay viewers and then tally them up and pick a random number? Or how did that part work? So we would go right before we went live the next day, we would go back to that replay. And then I think it was like the first person who responded in the replay to that question, we would give the award to. Okay. There's just no way to pull all of the comments and get them in any form that you can do something with them when you have thousands. When we really had to think about logistically how we can make it work. Yeah. And then do you just message them on Facebook to basically, you know, get their info and give them their prize? Yeah. For the replay viewers, we message them on Facebook because it's really the, the only way to connect with them. You don't necessarily have their email address or any other information. And then for the other, like the live viewers, we said on when we were live, we said, okay, you won, you contact us. But I think we still tracked them down and contacted them anyway. But we at least wanted to put the ball and that took a long time. Like I think somebody spent like a whole day doing just that and mailing out the prizes. But yeah, we just wanted them to, ha- to contact us and let us know that they won the prize and we would send it to them. And of course, we had to get their address and everything. Right. I love everything about what you did for Planner Palooza because it just had such a strong focus on giving. You were teaching amazing things that your audience told you they wanted to learn more about. You were giving the free printables away. You were doing all these giveaways where they could win actual physical planner and great planner supplies and stuff like that. I think that so many women listening are going to be really excited to hear that you also sold a ton of planners kind of through that back-end strategy, but without having to be super pushy or upfront, which I think so many women are kind of scared to do. Yeah. And I would also add that, you know, if somebody is thinking about doing this, if I had done this when the planner first came out, I think I would have actually sold a ton on the live because my warmest audience on my email list wouldn't have had an opportunity to buy it before. But in this situation, it was coming at the back end when we'd already been selling it for two or three months and they'd all had an opportunity to buy. So we'd already sold a lot to our very core customers. So I think those was like direct results could be different if you maybe launch something with this strategy. And I would also say for someone who is thinking about doing this, it can seem a little overwhelming, but I would say, A, you could start small, do two or three days. And I know it sounds like a lot of content, but I was just recycling old content. (laughs) Like I wasn't spending four hours every day writing the outline for what I was going to say, because this is all things that I've talked about on my blog. And now after having blogged for like 
over six years, I have quite a bit of content. So I was able to basically recycle content that I already had. So if you've been blogging for any length of time, you can definitely, and especially if you're doing this by yourself and you're worrying about the tech, try to recycle some content you already have so you don't have like that coming up with brand new content in addition to all the tech stuff that you're setting up and take out a component. Like you don't have to have the messenger component. Like that's totally optional. And honestly, I think it did help some, especially get people on live, but it wouldn't affect us hugely if we didn't, because we don't have a ton of people on our like messenger bot. It's just not something we've been able to focus on a lot. There's only so many hours in the day, (laughs) you know, you could leave that part out or maybe you could only do bot and not do email. So I would say just like simplify it to the point where it's doable for you. I love that. I think that's such great advice. There's always a way to take great marketing strategy and pare it down and make it something that's doable for whatever level you happen to be at in your business. And, you know, that's actually a good point you brought up about, hey, you could just do the messenger bot. That actually might be a more effective strategy for especially like an Etsy seller out there who, you know, maybe hasn't focused on their email list that much yet. You could, you know, sign up for many chat, do the comment to message thing where you're getting those new subscribers who are there watching your Facebook live. You can get so much more engagement or, you know, potentially so much more engagement on your live by being able to send the messenger reminders. And, you know, I know any of us who have used messenger, I mean, the open rates for it are way, way higher than email. It's great. For sure. Yes. And definitely if you're going to be on Facebook too, if you're doing it on Facebook live, it just makes sense. And I think more people are going to like, they get our messages right away too. Like on messenger, a lot of people get alerts, whereas on email, they probably don't. Right. That's true. Now, one thing I was curious about, Laura, is it seems like you also have a pretty engaged audience over on Instagram. So how did you... I guess maybe one decide to make Facebook kind of the place where this party was happening. And then two, how did you make sure your Instagram people were kind of coming on over and taking part in the fun too? Okay. So why did we decide to do this on Facebook? Actually, where this idea was born is earlier in the year when we were kind of planning for this time period, which is kind of what we do. We plan all year basically for the craziness that happens September through January. (laughs) But what we did was we had planned to do a webinar actually. And my idea was that the webinar would help get people in my audience who were sitting on the fence and kind of convince them that the planner might be for them. But as we were discussing it, I realized there are definitely, so there are pros and cons to everything, but there were huge cons to a webinar Number one, okay, Palooza was a lot of work, but so is a webinar, like a proper webinar. If you have ever done that, oh my goodness. I mean, you have to make all the slides and you're supposed to have like 80 slides if you're doing it properly. And then you're supposed to have like this amazing sequence to get them to come to the webinar. So you've got to write this novel and then an amazing follow-up sequence. And then to make it good, I needed to offer two or three different times. So that's how many times I would be setting this up in my email service provider to send them all of these emails. And so the tech for a webinar and the amount of stuff that you have to write, Facebook Lives feels very casual and people expect it to be more casual. Whereas a webinar, you expect it to be a little 
little bit more polished. And that's harder. That's hard to show up three times in a day and be polished and on it. And as we discussed it, we also realized that with a webinar, usually it's not easy for people to share it. You have to sign up to attend and we wanted it to be really easy. So we just had this idea, what if we, instead of doing a webinar, we just did the series of Facebook Lives. And we knew it would also help us grow our engagement on Facebook. So that's kind of how we went there. And then as far as Instagram goes, so if you did Instagram Lives, I would say for 90% of people, those Instagram Lives just do not get the engagement that Facebook Lives do. I'm not sure exactly why. That's just how the Instagram platform is working right now is that people are you know, scrolling their Instagram feed, they're watching stories, but they are not nearly watching live or even Instagram TV. Now I did think about, and someday I may do this, downloading those Facebook Lives and then repurposing them for Instagram TV, or even repurposing for a podcast or for YouTube or something like that. I haven't done that yet. I think that would be a strategy you could try if you have people watching you on Instagram. And also the other thing about Instagram is that at least for me, and I don't know if this is the case for everybody, you can run ads on Instagram, you know, through Facebook, but they never, ever have gotten me the same results that running ads directly on Facebook do. They're just more expensive. And so I knew I probably wasn't going to be able to run ads to Instagram. And so it just seemed like Facebook was the place to do it. And I posted a couple things in my feed about it. And then I talked about it on stories as much as I could. And whenever I would talk about it on stories or I put a link in my profile, that would go to that landing page for the event so that they could see everything. They could sign up for what they wanted to. So basically, I just use the other social media ads, which really for me is just Instagram, as a way to promote it and drive them to that landing page instead of like trying to do much directly on Instagram. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And I mean, I think you're right with Instagram live. It's just the cool thing that I would love to try with Instagram live is how you can bring a person on really easily now. Yes. I like that. I haven't done it, but no, me either. I'm like, oh, if I, I think I might start testing that sometime in the next couple months. Cause that seems really fun and neat and could be like a thing where you do like an ask me anything day of the week kind of deal and people get to come on or. Yeah. I think the people being able to come on is really cool. And on Facebook, you can do that, but it's not quite as easy. And you have to use usually other software, which I've tried before and can be glitchy or it has its own problems. We are working on using more sophisticated software that will allow us to share our screen while we're doing lives because some of the things that people had asked about how I organize my recipes in Evernote, like I really need to be able to share my screen in order to explain it well. But there has to be someone else running it. Like it's not as easy as just popping on with your face on it on Facebook and being like, hi. Yeah. The downsides with Instagram live is people can't share it. There's just not nearly the sharing on Instagram that there is. And there's not the audience either. Like the only people that see it are going to see it are the people that are following me. While you can advertise on Instagram, I don't think you can just like boost your Instagram live like you can on Facebook. So that's also makes it a little bit harder to do things like that, I think, on Instagram. Right. Yeah. That's so interesting. You were saying, too, about the advertising costs. I have to say that for me, Instagram is usually pretty affordable. Wow. You just never know until you try. Yeah, it is. It's so strange. One of my best ads this year was a carousel ad. So it had square images and different shots of the planner. And then it and it did really well over on Instagram. But 
Wow. And that's funny because when I try carousel ads, I've only tried them on Facebook. They always do way worse than the other kinds of ads. I mean, I really think that you have to get to know your own audience and just don't be afraid to test different things. Like you never know. Maybe your audience loves watching you on stories and maybe my audience doesn't, but they like seeing pictures of my planner on Facebook. Like it just really depends on your audience and kind of how they connect with you. And so you just don't know until you try. Right, exactly. And that's one thing I love about you, Laura. You are always testing and trying new things. Uh, Yeah, I love just trying new things. And like, you know, just in the online world, it can be almost a pro and a con that things are always changing. But I try to look at it in the positive. Like things are always changing, so we're not going to get bored. (laughs) (laughs) Right, that's true. Never boring. Well, Laura, this has been so great. I've learned so much from chatting with you as I'm sure all the brilliant business moms out there listening have too. And I I know everyone's brains are just churning with like, okay, I can totally do this for my people. As we wrap up, do you have either a funny or an adorable mom moment to share? Yes, I would love to share an adorable mom moment. I have a four-year-old girl and a two-year-old boy and we moved about six months ago. And so with moving, like we were setting everything up, we were constantly, you know, organizing things. And of course I love to organize things. And so my little two-year-old, I mean, he just turned two and he wasn't even talking in full sentences yet. And we got in these multi-purpose bins from the container store and they were just all stacked up waiting to be like put in the pantry. And I go in the pantry and he is like in there with the little bins and he's like categorizing them and stacking them up. And he was saying, I'm organizing, I'm organizing. <laughs> I just thought it was the cutest thing. And I didn't even know that he knew that word. <laughs> like, and he was just like, yeah, I'm organizing. That is, And so- they love to come into my office and like, sort all my things because I have so many like photo props like different colored clothespins and like paper clips and all these things and they just love doing that (laughs) that is so cute they are clearly learning from their mom (laughs) yes well thank you again Laura and can you remind everyone one more time where's the best place for them to find you online yeah so my website is iheartplanners.com and the other place you can find me a lot is instagram at instagram.com slash iheartplanners And you'll, um, I post my feed and story a lot. So hope to hear from you. Isn't Laura the best? I love talking with her because she is always trying new strategies in her business. Actually, after the podcast episode was done recording, we talked for, I don't know, at least 30 more minutes, just trading different business ideas and tips and what we were up to. Laura is just so much fun to chat with. And she's always learning new things and testing new things. Now, I know Laura's Planner Palooza might sound like a lot of moving pieces, but like she mentioned in the episode, you can pull off a similar party for your product without quite as much complication. If you want to make sure you nail this party, you need to grab my free marketing plan. You can find it at brilliantbusinessmoms.com forward slash marketing plan. Inside my marketing plan, you'll discover how to define your offer, how to become BFFs with your audience, how to develop a freebie that gets the right subscribers on your list, the ones that are actually going to buy, how to create your compelling pre-launch content. Guys, this is so important. So many of us miss this when we're first putting a product out into the world. And then the final step, how to launch your offer to raving fans who can't wait to buy. You're going to love this guide, so make sure you don't miss the opportunity to grab it. Head to brilliantbusinessmoms.com forward slash marketing plan to get yours. And of course, now it's your turn to head out there and be brilliant. Brilliant.